0: So tonight, uh, what I want to do is talk about money and talk about giving our money. Um, this message tonight is primarily for our members. Um, if you are a guest, we're really glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. And uh, certainly, uh, maybe this will inspire you to become a member. And uh, and certainly, maybe you'll be inspired by just sort of the frankness in the, the Bible study you're talking about money. But really, this is for us who are members of the church. We're going to talk a little bit about money or giving our money tonight. Um, choosing this topic uh, right now because of our upcoming special contribution. And um, I'm really proud of the special contribution that we give as the New York City Church of Christ. It really is to me uh, one, of the, one of the many amazing things that the church does here. Um, you know, we uh, collect a special contribution every year to give away. To help ministries around around the world, we help churches in Africa. We help ministries in the Caribbean. We help strengthen uh, weakness ministries. Was mentioned there. We also help with the uh, the uh, New York uh, the uh, New York City School of Missions, as well as um, uh, I'm sorry, not, is it School of Missions or Ministry Training Academy? I can't remember, but um, it's it's good as well. Also, um, we help with upstate churches, uh, Albany and Syracuse. And so, anyway, it's just, to me, it's an incredible step of faith that we do because these are th- these are uh, gifts that we give to people who we, in most cases, probably will never meet face-to-face. Uh, and um, these are people who will benefit and people that we'll get to see when we get to heaven. So I'm very proud that we do this. I was having a conversation with somebody recently about our church and about how we don't own a church building. And... Um, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, that's kind of cute. You know, maybe one day you'll own a church. You know, I know you're just kind of starting up. Well, we're not just starting up. It's actually a choice that we make. Um, we use our funds in different ways. Um, not that it's wrong or bad to have a church building if we had one one day, if one came along or if you, if you want to donate one, you know, I mean, well, certainly that would be great if, if it worked out. There's nothing wrong with it. But generally speaking, we've used our resources to help people and, um, and to fund ministries. And so uh, I'm just, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a part of the New York City Church of Christ that, that really inspires me. And we're going to talk a little bit about it. Specifically, we're going to talk tonight about the heart of giving. Now, ironically, uh, I will say this, that um, the first sermon I ever preached in my life was when I was 12 years old. Um, we had church on a Sunday night, and there was a, you know, a 30-minute sermon slot. And my dad um, who was the, the preacher at the time, allowed me and my brother to preach the sermon instead. And so me and my brother shared the 30-minute slot. I preached for 15 minutes, and the title of my sermon was Seven Things to Remember When Giving Your Money. That was my very first time. So I was, I, was, I was 12 years old, so I was sharing my great wisdom on, you know, on spiritual financial responsibility at age 12 um, and it's kind of funny because I can't remember at all what the seven things were <laughs> the title is right there seven things to remember but I can't remember what they were tonight I have three things all right I, through the years I've learned kind of boiled it down to, to, to me to three things um, you know and it's important that we talk about money um, uh, it's important because uh, I've heard it said I've heard people say well I don't really have a lot of money so I'm going to give my time instead. That's, that's what I'm going to give. And I think there's a lot of validity to that. I think that's good. I think definitely, you know, different people have a different amount of resources in their life. Um, but but giving your time or your talents in place of your money is not a biblically acceptable thing to do. I mean, we have examples of people who had very little money in the Bible, but still gave money. So we definitely need to give our talents or give our heart and give our time but not in place of our money. I mean, that would be the same as if somebody came to church and said, yeah, I'd really like to be a part of your church, but I don't want to give my time. Instead, I've got a lot of money, so let me just write you a check. You know, we wouldn't accept that either. That wouldn't be okay. You can't just pay your membership, you know. It's about giving your heart as well. And so, you know, God has given us a lot of gifts and talents, and we need to give all of it to God, our heart, our heart, our time and of our finances. And so tonight I want to talk a little bit about this heart of giving. I might say some things tonight that bother you. Um, And, uh, you know, like that old uh, preacher saying, maybe you've heard before, if I step on your toes, I'm sorry because I missed. I wasn't aiming for your toes. I was aiming for your heart. And so that's my goal tonight. My goal isn't to offend you. My goal isn't to uh, make it difficult or make you struggle my my goal is really to appeal to your heart and to teach us tonight from the scriptures what that means and i'm going to go quickly and say a lot of things this is all going to be recorded or is being recorded so if you miss anything you can feel free to go back and listen to it um, in the uh, you know listen to it online we'll post it online you know the topic of money is uh, mentioned a lot in the bible in fact I want to Uh, read a quote from a guy named Greg Laurie. He writes, It was Martin Luther who said, There are three conversions a person needs to experience. The conversion of the head, the conversion of the heart, and the conversion of the pocketbook. Uh, Laurie goes on to say, It's worth noting that money is such an important topic in the Bible that it is the main subject of nearly half of the parables Jesus told. In addition, one in every seven verses in the New Testament deals with this topic. The Bible offers 500 verses on prayer, fewer than 500 verses on faith, and more than 2,000 verses on money. In fact, 15% of everything Jesus ever taught was on the topic of money and possessions, more than his teachings on heaven and hell combined. Why such an emphasis on money and possessions? Well, there's a fundamental connection between our spiritual lives and how we think about and handle money. So this is an important topic that we talk about and that we talk about plainly and biblically. In the Old Testament, the Bible was very clear to followers of God. They were commanded in the Old Testament to give a tithe. A tithe means a tenth, a tenth, and that's what they had to give. They had to give a tenth of of what they had to God. The New Testament doesn't give a command on how much to give. The New Testament does not command us to give a tithe. I will say, though, I think it's a great place to start. Or maybe if you're going through, you know, financial difficulties, maybe it's a place you want to work up to. Maybe, maybe some of you can go beyond that, you know. And so it is definitely a great thing to consider as you are giving uh, when we talk about giving a, a tithe. I heard uh, about a, a couple in Tennessee um, that won the lottery. They won th- over $300 million. And they, uh, they said uh, the first thing they're going to do is give a tithe to their church. <laughs> so their church is going to, they're going to give the church over $30 million. I mean, that's pretty amazing thing to do. But this is not what we're talking about tonight. Tonight, we're going to dive a little deeper. And tonight, we're going to talk about the heart of behind giving and what does that heart look like? The truth is giving can really be a heart transforming experience. It really can be. It can be really it can really be something that moves our hearts. I was walking out of Acme uh, recently, the grocery store. I just bought some groceries and I'm coming out and there right outside the door was a table with a, a group of young girls and a mom and they were selling, you know it? Girl Scout cookies, and um, you know I was kind of in a hurry, but I thought oh no i can't i can 't just blow by a bunch of Girl Scouts you know who are asking for help, so I stopped and I looked and i didn 't even really want the cookies because i 'm trying to eat less cookies these days and um, and I was looking through, and all the good ones were already sold out, you know so but I went ahead I thought well i 'm going to help them out, so I went ahead and picked out two boxes of cookies that i don 't think i 've ever had before, but I picked them out. And it was $11. And all I had was a $20 bill. And so I pulled out the $20 and I gave it to them. And um, they were, you know, rifling through their little box trying to find $9 and change. And they're trying to – and all of them are trying to look. And I said – and I thought – you know, I just said, you know what? It's okay. You can keep it. And the sheer squeal of joy (laughs) that came from these girls – it was really sweet. I mean, it actually choked me up. And, uh, and they're like, really? And uh, I'm like, yeah. And I started to get choked up. So here I am outside of acne with my groceries, buying Girl Scout cookies, feeling you know myself starting to cry because I was so moved by the joy that they felt from this gift. I, I just had to say, yeah, yeah, no, no, no problem. You know, you're good. And then I walked away before I started crying in front of these little girls. So I'm just saying that giving can be a heart-transforming experience, and it should be. That's what God is looking for. So we're going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 9 here, and this is Paul. He's writing about contribution in a lot of detail. He's talking about the collection and administration of a contribution in two Roman provinces. If you're familiar with Roman history you know that their provinces were very similar to what we have as states today they, they their provinces were like states it was the province of Macedonia and the province of Achaia and Corinth was it is in the province of Achaea and he and here they are uh, Paul is, is writing specifically about um, about the collection and administration of of, of money being collected from disciples in these two different uh, provinces. And it's really interesting to read. On one hand, it's really interesting because you see the mechanics of how contribution worked back in the first century, you know, pre-internet days, pre drafting, pre-Venmo. You know, so you really kind of get a glance, a look into how they handled and transported and dealt with money. But more than that, what you really get a look at is the heart. And that's what we're going to talk about here. So let's read together. I'm going to read you the whole chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Beginning in verse 1, Paul says, There is there's no need for me to write to you about this service to the Lord's people. For I know your eagerness to help, and I've been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, you and Achaia were ready to give, And your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this manner should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready as I said you should be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Uh, Verse 6, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gift to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable grace gift. All right, that was 2 Corinthians chapter 9. There is a lot in that passage, and I read this whole thing because I hope that it will encourage you at some time, maybe later, to go out on your own and to really comb through this and read it and listen to Paul. Not only is he talking about the logistics of collecting money and, and, and transporting it and dispersing it within these two provinces, but also when he talks about the heart, the heart of giving and what what it really looks like. But there's three things that I want to point out. Not seven tonight, but three things to remember when giving your money. All right? So that's, the, that's what we're going to talk about. Let me, let me uh, share them with you now. Number one, point number one. First thing to remember when, when it comes to the heart of giving is this. Give to God. Give to to God. Go back there in verse 12. He says, "This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God." And so, you know, when you read through this, the the understanding that you get in the 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 and not just here, but in other places in the scriptures, is that when we are giving our money, when we are giving financially, we are not just meeting the needs or helping uh, people around us, but we are actually giving to God. This is a gift to God. We give not just to meet the needs, but we give to to overflow for our, out of our expression and our love for God because we are giving to God. This is what it means to really understand the heart of giving. We are giving our money to God. Now, this is a tough concept for a lot of people. Because of two things. One, God never touches the money. And two, people do. <laughs> That's, those are the two things that can make this a little difficult. You know, you say, Phil, we're giving the money to God. But the truth is God never really touches the money. You know, it's not like a group of people gather up on Monday after we take a collection on Sunday, you know, with a bag full of cash and, you know, meet God out behind the tree in the park you know, and the angels are there and they're like, hey, what you get? You know, you know, they're shaking the bag. Hey, it's a little light this week today. You know, no, it's not like we don't give the, the God doesn't actually touch the money. So, you know, sometimes that can be difficult. when We go, well, how are we giving to God? But then also add to that the fact that people do touch the money. You know, that this money that we give, people administer this money. In fact, that's a lot of what Paul's talking about is the administration of this money. And so it's easy for us to forget that the heart of giving means we're really giving to God. Even though that God never collects the money, and even though people handle the money, the gift is really to God. And sometimes we can struggle, especially with the part of people handling the money. You know, you may think, Phil, I don't know. You know, I don't really feel good about what the church's leadership is doing with the money, about the decisions of how this money is being used. Listen, I want to assure you, I believe very strongly in the righteous administration of God's money. Again, this money is given to God, so it's God's money. So I believe very strongly in the administration of God's uh, 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 of, the, of God's money. And Paul does too, because go back one chapter in 1 Corinthians 8, Paul talks about it. He talks about the righteous administration of, of handling God's money and how we handle it. But I wanna also assure you that this church, the New York City church is filled with people, the people who handle the money, who, who, who have deep convictions about righteously handling the money. I remember uh, a couple Sundays ago um, in the Northwest uh, uh, ministry, we had our church service in Parsippany at the hotel and a man came into the hotel. I think, I think one of the ushers might've invited him. He was just there and and, and invited him and he came into the service and he came in towards the beginning and he stood in the back and he listened to the singing and he stayed only for a little while and then he left. But on his way out, I guess, he he liked it or was moved because there was a basket sitting on the table, an empty basket, uh, which I think we were using for maybe uh, picking up communion cups, or whatever. But it was empty, and so as he left, <laughs> he threw a ten dollar bill in it on the way out. And I thought, oh, that's you know, he, he gave us a nice little tip on his way out, and it was it was sweet. I mean, it was clearly whatever he thought, I, I don't you know whatever he felt, it moved him enough to give something. And so after church was over, one of the brothers brought the $10 up to me and told me the story because I didn't know that this happened. He told me, but I was like, wow, that's amazing. And he said, here, Phil, I'll give the $10 to you. And I said, no. I said, absolutely not. I said, I don't even want to touch it. I don't even want to. I'm, I'm the minister. I don't want to touch the the money. That, that was My conviction. In fact, I I directed him. I said, go talk to Bobby Ritter. Bobby is our chief financial officer here in the church. He will tell you exactly the way to properly handle this. And but I mean, that that was the conviction of, listen, we want to even it's just 10 bucks. I I don't want to ever be like, oh, yeah, I'll stick in my pocket and I'll figure out what to do. I don't ever want that said about me and 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 I am not alone in these convictions in the New York City church. I mean, the money is handled by so many righteous people. We have a collection of elders who oversee where the money is spent. We actually have a, a church board and a, a board of directors who also oversee and look and make righteous decisions. We have administrative staff. We have Bobby Ritter, who's our chief financial officer. Then we've got evangelists who weigh in, who also talk about how we spend our money and where the money goes and how it's dealt with. I'm saying that to just assure you of the deep convictions of righteously handling the money. But even aside from all of that, the money is still given to God it's God's money. This is the heart of giving. Is even with all of that righteousness, we still are not giving to people, we're giving it to God. And if you still struggle with this, let me, uh, let me throw something out at you. You can read this on your own and kind of study out this on your own a little bit. Malachi chapter 3 I'm going to read verses 8 through 10 to you. This is a scripture you probably heard before. Uh, this is God uh, It's saying, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do, we rob, how, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, God says. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. This is a scripture. This is Malachi chapter three, verses eight through 10. A verse you've probably heard many times. I've heard it. I've heard it many times, especially right before we're about to take up a collection. You know, God is saying, don't rob me. This is, you need to not rob me by holding back your, your gift, your, your giving. In fact, he goes on to say, test me, you, you, you know, I will throw open the floodgates. So here is God challenging people to give. And again, they're giving to, they're giving to the, the, the spiritual leaders. Here's the, the, the convicting part about it. The chapter before that, in Malachi chapter two, in Malachi chapter two, God rebukes the priests. He, rebu- he rebukes them for not being righteous people. And then the very next chapter, he turns around and says, "The people, why aren't you giving to the priests?" Now, I mean, you're giving to God, but the priests are the one to collect it. So even God understood. That even even when the leaders were not being what they needed to be, we still had to have a conviction about giving, because we're giving to God. That's something Malachi. You can study that out on your own. It's very, uh, very convicting. The point is this: the heart of giving understands that we are giving to God. Yes, there are people involved. There always will be people in God be, be involved. There always will be, but but we are giving. To God, So the corollary of that is something we have to be aware of also. If we are withholding, then we are also withholding from God. And so we've got to be really mindful of that when it comes to giving, because giving, the heart of giving understands we're giving to God. I have a friend who's a disciple, a very close friend in another church, another place, who's very wealthy. And he told me, he said, uh, Phil, I always give a tenth. Of anything that comes in and he, he'll money will come in and he will write it a check for for ten percent and give it away that's just his conviction again I told you that's not a command that's just his conviction and he tells me because that the bigger the check gets the harder it is to write that but he this is what he said he said because I believe that when I give what happens after that is up to God he says when I give What happens after that is up to God. Now, I I know that you may go, well, that that sounds very like an irresponsible way to think. Well, could be, or it could just be a really faithful way of thinking, a really faithful way. Because the truth is, God is capable. God is capable. God doesn't let people slide. If somebody's messing up or doing something, God eventually, I mean, I've seen it over and over and over in my walk. And I'm sure you've seen it before as well. And it's happened to me too, where God has exposed things in my heart. God, God is capable of making sure that wrongs, that if anything wrong is happening, he will take care of it. So our hearts, the heart uh, that we see here is a heart of, the heart of giving is a heart that understands we're giving to God. I am just thankful And let me say this, I'm thankful that God didn't think this way before giving to us. You know, I mean, I'm so thankful God didn't sit in heaven and say, well, I see you have a need, I have my son, but I'm just going to wait and make sure you get it together first before I give. And um, I'm so grateful that God didn't take that attitude. Uh, But instead, God decided, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to give. I'm going to love. I'm going to trust. I'm going to have faith. And I'm going to give my son. And that's what he did. And so, the heart of giving begins first by understanding that we are giving to God. That's who we give to. Secondly, the heart of giving means we understand that we give our goal. We give to God and we give our goal. Let's go back to our text here. In verse 7, Paul, again, is talking about the mechanics of giving, but he's also talking about the heart. And he says in verse 7, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So here, Paul is teaching us that The heart of giving means not only that we understand that we're giving to God, but it also means that we give our goal. Now, what does that mean? You know, um, it means, in short, that we put thought into giving. That we, as it says here, we decide in our hearts what we're going to give. Now, I'm using the word, you know, give your goal I'm using the word goal. I'm just using that because you'll see all my points are going to start with G. But you can use any other words you want. Give your pledge. Give your gift. Give your donation. Give your decision. The point is, is that we've got to put some thought. Like we've really got to put our heart into this. Many of us are really good at giving, but we've stopped thinking about it. In fact, even more so, now that we've shifted to completely online giving, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've just said it and I forget it. I mean, I don't totally forget it because I see it come out of my checking account every week, but but it's easy. It's easy when it's automated to just forget about it and not really put your thought and your heart into it. And then there's some of us, on the other hand, who don't think about it at all, that we just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Sunday again? Oh, are we are we giving? Is that, is that a thing we do every week? You know, like, yes, we do this every week. Is that a, oh, yeah, oh my gosh, I forgot. I should really go back. I should, oh, I haven't given for a couple weeks. Or, oh, I have, you know, and so there's some of us who, who are doing great at it, but we, we've, we've forgotten. It's just become automated. And there's some of us that just don't even think about it at all. Back, back in the days when we passed a plate, we just kind of whip out our wallet and, oh yeah, what's in here today? And throw it in there. And the point is, is what God wants, is what it says, is that we each of you should should give what you've decided in your heart. So the implication is that you've put some thought into it. You've put some thought, some heart into it. You've put some prayer into it. You've put some soul searching. You've put some math into it. You've looked at, here's how much I make. Here's what, what I like to give. You've really given your heart. That's the implication here. The call is to really think about it and to decide and to give give what you have decided. So, you know, we're going to do something on Sunday and I'd like to ask you to be a part of this. Uh, We're going to do something on Sunday to help us with this. Uh, specifically related to our special contribution. This is not new. This is something you've probably done a a million times before if you've been around the church. But we are going to, this Sunday, we're going to ask everybody to come ready to write down on a card what your pledge will be for uh, the upcoming special contribution, what your goal will be for you personally. These will be anonymous cards. We're not going to ask you to write your name on it. We'll provide little three-by-five cards be blank and we'll take it just a moment or so in our service on Sunday when we're all together and we'll pass out the cards and you can just write the number on there and then we'll pass it in and we'll collect it and we'll do that for a couple reasons one it's uh, it's a great exercise for us to push ourselves to actually decide something not to say oh, I'll get to it eventually or I'll think about it no let's think about it and pray about it in these next couple days and let's actually, put this into practice. And so this will be good because we can write it down. But it'll also be good because we'll collect all of them. Again, we won't have the names on them, so we won't. This is between you and your spouse, if applicable, you and the Lord. This will be your choice, right? It'll be your heart. And then we can gather all the cards, add them up, and then we can share it with everybody. We can say, guys, here is going to be our collective pledge. And we'll put it out there. And we can be praying about it. And, and, and that way, We'll know what we collectively are going to do, and you'll know what you collect, what you are going to do personally for the Lord. Yes, the church leadership has asked us uh, to uh, has put out a goal of ten times our weekly special, our weekly contribution. Meaning, whatever you give on a weekly basis, just add a zero to the end, and that is. The, the, the goal that we're asking for um, for this upcoming special contribution, but I tell you what's more important than that goal is your goal. that's what's more important in fact that's that's what the Lord wants to know is what are you going to give? What are you going to decide in your heart? not just winging it, not just thinking about it eventually, but really putting something out there before the Lord. So we are going to uh, we'll do that on Sunday and ask you to to be ready to participate. You don't have to bring anything. Uh, we'll provide cards, and again, these will be anonymous uh, cards. You won't write your name on it, but we'll collect it so that we can really think about between now and then what it is that we are going to set as our personal goal, our personal pledge of giving to God. You know, so much of what Paul's um, what Paul's writing here is is logistics to help make this collection go well. In fact, he's talking about, you know, he sends some people ahead to prep them so that they can have their collection ready so that when he shows up later <clears throat> with brothers from Macedonia, that, 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 the, that, the, that the gift will be ready and it won't be grudgingly given or last-minutely given. You know, that's kind of what Paul's writing here. And so in that same spirit, we're going to do the same thing. So I'd ask you to pray about it. To think about it, and to, to, between you and the Lord and your spouse, if applicable, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, and let us let's do this. Let's do this. Let's think about what are we going to do? What are each one of us? It may be a lot. It may be a little between you and the Lord. Let's each one of us make a pledge to the Lord for upcoming this upcoming contribution. And finally, let me close out with one more point. The heart of giving from this passage is uh, we give with gratitude. We give to God, we give our goal, <coughs> excuse me, and we give with gratitude. i go back to verse seven. I'll reread this verse. Verse seven, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Did you catch that? Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The heart of giving, in short, is one of gratitude. That's what God is looking for. Um, You know guilt is such a terrible motivation. It really is. And the older I get, the less I am interested in being motivated by guilt. Well you should have done this. Okay, well there's like 10 things I should have done. So if if you give me one thing I should have done, I'll give you nine more things I should have done. I mean I'm kind of resolved, yeah, that that I fall short. And I'm not shirking my responsibilities. I'm just saying I so much rather work on being motivated from the heart and out of gratitude then out of guilt. Now, if, if I'm guilty, well, then okay, feeling guilty is appropriate. If I'm guilty, I feel guilty, okay, makes sense. But as a general rule, it's just such a weird tool uh, to try to motivate people. I was, one time I was, uh, had a membership at a gym, and I was changing my membership to go to another gym because I was moving and I wanted to be at a gym closer to my house. And so, and they weren't, it wasn't the same gym, two locations, it was two different gyms. So I got a membership at the new gym, and I went to go <clears throat> cancel my membership at the first gym, and I had to go in. They, they wouldn't let you cancel it online or on the, over the phone, because <clears throat> they want to talk to you, right? They want to try to persuade you. <clears throat> so I went in, and I talked to this young man, and unfortunately, excuse me, unfortunately, <clears throat> the only tool this young man had in his arsenal for persuasion was guilt. And so I said, hey, man, I want to cancel my membership. He goes, really? Why? What's going on? <laughs> Mind you, I don't know this guy at all. I, like, I said, "Well, I'm I'm moving, and I'm <clears throat> gonna go to a gym closer to where I live." Well, where are you moving? So I told him the town I was moving to, and he goes, and he looked it up. He goes, "It's only twenty minutes away. I mean, you can still drive here. You know what's what's wrong?" And I, you know, and I'm trying to be nice, right? And and if if you push me sometimes, and I get like a little angry, I can get very snarky. And I'm trying not to be snarky and sarcastic because I'm thinking in my head, <clears throat> oh, if it's not that far, well, then why don't you come pick me up? I'll, I'll be waiting outside, and you come pick me up every day and drive me to the gym, uh, you know. But but, <laughs> so I'm really kind of wrestling with that, and um, and and I, uh, um, oh, thank you, honey. My wife just brought me some water. Thank you. Um, and I'm really wrestling with this, and but I'm trying to be a Christian because I'm thinking, you know, I want to, you know be a good person here. So I'm keeping my mouth shut and he's really pushing me. And he goes, he goes, so where are you gonna go? And I told him, I said, I got a membership at a new gym. And he goes, oh, so you're cheating on us? <laughs> I'm like, dude. And he was serious. And I'm like, finally, I just had enough. I was like, listen, dude, it's a better gym, better amenities, same price and closer to my house. What would you do? You know? And he finally was like, okay, oh yeah, 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 no problem, he totally backed down. But my point is, is, is guilt is just a terrible way, a terrible reason to be doing things. What God is looking for in the heart of a giver is somebody who who gives. They give out of gratitude, and they give from their heart. You know, earlier I, in my earlier point was giving means we give to God. I, I I'm saying that because that is what is true. We give to God. But my goal in saying that wasn't to create compulsion in you. Oh, got to give to God. No, the point is, is we get to give to God and that God allows us to give to him. But I understand, you know, I understand what it's like to feel compulsion to give. I understand what it's like. I'll close out with one final story. I know I tell a lot of stories, but um, I remember years ago, I was really struggling spiritually And, uh, and, and frankly, I was just mad at the church, you know, I was just mad at everything going on. I'm mad at the people I at. And the irony is I worked for the church. It wasn't here in New York. It was another state where I was, but I was just mad and I was upset. And I went to a conference, a church conference and the whole weekend, I was just mad. I was like, everything was wrong. Like the sermons are wrong. The schedule's wrong. These classes are like everything. I was just like, they're just doing a bad job. I was just in a bad spot and um <clears throat> the whole the whole workshop ended the conference ended with a church service on sunday so i sat there through the whole church sitting in the back row you know <laughs> cuz you know i was mad i'm sitting in the back row and um not that it's bad to sit in the back row but i was i was mad i was sitting in the back row and uh and it came time to give contribution and here came the plates coming from the front row and i could see it coming so i just instinctively like out of compulsion Reached in my pocket, pulled out a couple bucks. I'm like, oh, I got to give some money. And then this scripture came to my mind, Second Corinthians nine, verse seven, where it says, uh, God does not want us to give reluctantly and not under compulsion. So as it was the, the the plate was coming to me, you know, I thought to myself, I thought, yeah, I thought, well, I mean, clearly God doesn't want me to give out of compulsion. So if I give right now. I'll be doing it wrong anyway. So clearly God doesn't want me. So I put my money back in my pocket. I'm like, then I I mean the Bible teaches clearly I shouldn't be giving that, right? You know, that's kind of how I twisted the scripture in my mind. And as I sat there, just grumbling amongst myself, and the plate was making its way back. I remember just sitting there, and all of a sudden, I just started thinking about like all of the good things that I had in my life, right? I started thinking about my wife and thinking about my daughter, you know, my family, thinking about my home, thinking that I had a job, you know, um, thinking that I had my health. You know, I just started kind of like, I wasn't, it just started running through my, house, my, my my mind. And then I started thinking about the spiritual gifts that I have, you know, the forgiveness and the love and the friendships and the kindness that has been shown to me by so many people. and and by God and so, and like, as, you know, and as I thought about that, my heart just, I just, just sort of started to melt. It was like, God just was like putting all these thoughts in my head and, and as the plate was working its way up the rows coming closer and closer to me, you know, my heart just melted and I just thought, wow, man. I mean, I really am so blessed. Like I have such a good life. I mean, with all the things that I think I'm grumpy about, I mean, I'm really a very blessed person. And my heart really began to melt. So much so that when the plate arrived, I thought, you know what, I could give some money. And I reached back in and I put my money in the the plate as it went by. But it taught me a very valuable lesson. A very valuable lesson that I want to share with you and that is this when you're when you're troubled, when you're struggling, when you're upset, you really have one of two options. You can either one, change your contribution or two, you can change your heart. And that's what the call is. The call is to change your heart. The call is if you need to, if this is where you're at, the call is for us to really hold on to and understand and accept the heart that the Bible is teaching us. It's this heart that yes we give to God. Yes we give what we what we say we're going to give. We put thought and heart to it, and yes we uh, give with gratitude. We give cheerfully. That's the heart God is looking at, looking for. Listen, God does not need your cash. God is not in heaven going, oh man, I hope they give because I got to make payroll this week. You know, like God does not need our money. But what God wants is our heart. That's what he's after. And so let us be givers from the heart. Let us be people who love God and who respond to his kindness by giving back to him.